Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. Hey, good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to be with us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the Sport of Kings. 15 days, 20 hours until Derby 137. It's coming, whether you're ready or not. I suggest get ready. Now is the time to start formulating that list. All along in blogs and stories, I said, just wait, just wait. But now, let the process begin. Start your reading. First off, kick it off with the daily racing form. Go to Equidaily. Go to the Blood Horse. Go to the Pollock Report. Go to Churchill Downs and read the uh, barn notes. You cannot get enough. And look how the horses, especially the poly horses, synthetic horses, are working over Churchill Downs. little tidbit for you. That's Kentucky boy talking. But the Sport of Kings rolls on 15 days till Derby 137. Winning ponies. Off to the races in 2011. We are in April. Over $2.2 million in exotic prediction payoffs. Things are really looking good for us and you. And when I say us, because we hope you are aboard. Because if you're not, it's never too late to get on board. Just take a look. Easy to read, color-coded tier levels for the novice to the hardcore player. Handy icons to help your handicapping. You know what? I kind of caught one the other day. Dropping in class and monster workout. Two things that I would have actually forgotten when I was looking at a field of 12. Detailed rider trainer information. This is where the big boys live. And Winnie Ponies has stepped up to the plate to give you plenty of information to help you dissect your race, races, and or card. The ability to change the weather tab, it's one of my favorites because no one else does it. No one else actually really tosses it out there. Some services actually toss that for 72 hours in advance. Jeezel Peasel, I mean, you could have a hurricane come in between now and then, but you can just update it with the change of weather tab if Mother Nature gets ugly. Something very unique to winning ponies. We're on twi- Twitter. <laughs> we are on Twitter. Almost sound like Tweety Bird. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. we got blogs, stories, news, free selections, results, and the best predictions a player could ask for 
Stop gambling, start winning. Check us out at www.winningponies.com. Don't think you're going to be disappointed. Check it out for yourself. Just don't take it from me. We're more than just a radio show. It is the one-stop shop, winningponies.com. Check it out. Tonight, we get a little recap, biggins, and a little story to get us rolling. Our special guest tonight is Red Hot Rider, one of the big derby favorites. Dialed in, that would be Mr. Julian Le Peru is going to be joining us in our second segment. Stay tuned for the Flying Frenchman. Julian, he's always, always a nice lad and fine rider. You'll find him wherever the money is being doled out at which track because he knows no boundaries. This guy can flat out horseback. Dangerous Dan, the handicapping man. I've got to give him some love because this guy can flat out handicap when he puts his mind to it. He doesn't call in unless he's ready. Trust you me, he knows what we're looking at tonight. Dan, be ready to dole out some winners because when he speaks, write it down in pen. Derby Dan, the handicapping man, going to be calling in a little later on for the big weekend as we prep up for Derby 137. You can't get enough information. Dan's going to be dialing us up. Let's jump right into the recap here. We've got a lot of action to, to tend to tonight. Really looking forward to our guest here, hoping he can squeeze us in. He's riding at Keeneland today. But with that being said, let's take a look at the recap from last Saturday, the Resorts World New York Casino Wood Memorial. What a mouthful. Grade one, and what an upset. Toby's Corner wins by a neck over Arthur's tail. Uncle Mo, one to nine, runs third. If you're under a rock, you missed quite a bit of action. Toby's Corner, very impressive indeed. Eddie Castro for Graham Motion wins by a neck over Arthur's tail, who is now out of the Derby. Toby's Corner pointing forward, but Arthur's tail is out off of the Derby Trail. Uncle Mo, third. We will talk about that in more detail. Santa Anita, grade one, the Santa Anita Park race for a million dollars. The Derby itself, midnight interlude, did not disappoint. Victor Espinosa for Bob Baffert wins by a head. They only got $600,000 for that victory. What a nice runner there with midnight interlude. The Central Bank Ashland Stakes, grade one at Keeneland, $400,000. Big upset. Lyle Laxon Lace goes right to the winner's circle. J.J. Castellano for John Terranova wins by a length and pays big-time bullet prices. Real nice, real filly there. The Carter Handicap, grade one at Aqueduct, only $250,000 going seven panels. Morning line was what do you look at on the odds? Morning line is the winner by a length and a half. Johnny Velasquez for trainer Nick Zito. Oaklawn Handicap, grade two at Oaklawn Park, $350,000 up for grabs. Loves the surfaces. Win Willie goes to the winner's circle. With uh, Mr. Barry in the irons for Mike Robertson, wins by a solid length there. Win Willie just absolutely loves the Oaklawn surface. The Arcadia Stakes at grade two of Venice, Santa Anita, $150,000 up for grabs on the weeds. Liberian Freighter was the winner. And you've got uh, Mr. Garcia for Neil Drysdale winning by a half of a length. Real nice run indeed. Went back and took a look at that one. You need to go back and take a look from time to time at the uh, the actual visual race and, and the race results. It makes it a whole lot more fun. And it also helps you in your handicapping and plotting and planning down the road. 
The Provencia Stakes, grade two at Santa Anita. Cambina was the winner. Garrett Gomez for Mr. Bond wins by three parts of a length. That was a solid run indeed there. The TVG Illinois Derby, grade three at Hawthorne. Jovan was the winner with Mr. Jaru in the irons for Todd Pletcher. Wins by four and three parts of a length. Very nice run by Joe Van. Impressive for $300,000. Uh, the Illinois Derby played uh, quite a part there. The Bayshore Stakes Grade 3 event at Aqueduct. $200,000 up for grabs. And we had seven furlongs to play with. J.J.'s Lucky Train. I believe we talked about this one last week. Jose Ferrar for Mr. Anderson wins by a neck at the wire. A dirty neck, as I like to say. And then we go to the Comley Stakes, grade three at Aqueduct, going one mile hot summer. Luis Saez for David Fox wins by two and a quarter lengths. The Los Synergis handicap at Santa Anita Park, 100000 Separate Forest is the winner, Pat Valenzuela, P-Val for Mr. Doug O'Neill. Once again, the dirty neck. So that's what was happening last week, and then we're going to go right into our biggins here. Friday, April 8th, there were 79 total biggins. Tampa Bay Downs leads the pack in race 7, 9,278.20 at TBD. Still love Tampa Bay. Can't get enough. I wish they just run year-round. I, I really like that oval. It offers, offers out a lot of value. Saturday, April 9th, 107 total biggins. Evangeline Downs, EVG, in race number two, a super effective $11,040.60 at the Cajun track. And then we go on to Sunday, April 10th, 84 total big in Santa Anita race number nine, a super high five box, $15,947. Real nice shooting there. Hope you had a piece of that one. Monday, April 11th, 11 total biggest. Turf Paradise led the pack in race two. A super effect to key, $743.43, or excuse me, $743.40. We're not going to go penny breakage. Tuesday, April 12th, was 32 total biggins. Will Rogers Downs, race number six, Superfecta, 1,229.80. Very nice uh, payoff for Will Rogers. Wednesday, April 13th, 23 total biggins. Oakland, race four, Superfecta key, 3,946.80. The biggins are rolling. And Thursday, April 14th, that's today. There's only 28 total biggins because racing has not ceased. Keeneland in race number five, a Superfecta key. $4,141.60. What a day to spend at Keeneland, especially if you had the big winner there, and especially the big winner is on hold, and we're going to be chatting with Mr. Julian Peru. we got four minutes till a break, and we're going to be jumping right in and chatting with him, so you're going to want to stay tuned for segment number two. That was... That was kind of everything in a capsule that you're going to need. That was a recap. That was our biggins. Hopefully you were all a part of it because we'd love to see you actually have a great day at the, uh, at, at the races. It makes it a whole lot more fun. The, the, the game itself, the pageantry is beautiful. It's exciting, but it's always a lot of fun to take a look at. Now, I, I read this little blog here. I always like to give a little, little, uh, little story to kind of warm us up during the week. It was by Ken Gamble. Now, this is a blog that's out there in uh, horseplayerbet.com, and, uh, and it talks about alternative ways to train a racehorse. Now, it's pretty lengthy, but I'm just going to kind of toss it out there. It says, testing for drugs using saliva didn't begin until 1934, and drugs like cocaine were allegedly used prior to that. Sir Barton, winner of the Derby, allegedly raced on it, and they nicknamed him Hop. 
Now, this is in 1934. They started really testing for drugs because this is obviously always at the forefront of every uh, every track around the nation, if not the world, where, where they're always talking about drugs and, and the, the importance of uh, testing and keeping it a really, really clean game. In 1968, Butte made headlines in the Kentucky Derby when Dancer's image was DQ'd after he tested positive in 1968. Since then, science has changed a lot on the good side, making testing for illegal drugs more precise, which is good. But on the bad side, allowing for junior chemists on the backside to come up with some non-testable methods there. And there's over 800 illegal substances that the RCI has come up with to test for. And uh, here's a couple of them out there. There's a stimulants uh, such as amphetamines, uh, like, like Ritalin. Ritalin is actually supposed to slow you down a little bit, but when you actually can take, t- take a, an equine athlete and will have the opposite effect and gives kind of a, a stimulating, uh, enhancing performance, tranquilizers can also uh, be administered. Uh, you medicate a horse by getting them to relax. Now, this is, this is done from a great bit of research here from Wikipedia and a dozen of other sources. Bronchodilators and uh, opening a horse's wind, opening his airwaves and uh, allowing uh, improved performance. Uh, behavioral modifiers, certain veterinarians uh, say horses' uh, wind and limb. Obviously, medications that can affect these parameters also affect the attitude and behavior of a horse, the potential to affect the presentation of the horse and presumably the outcome of a race. Now, I really found this kind of interesting out there. I mean, they also talk about anabolic steroids, bicarbs. Have you heard about milkshaking on a horse that cleans up the lactic acid? And the lactic acid allows the horse to run faster and longer. And just like any other athlete that's out there, when you have lactic acid, because it builds up in your muscles and it allows you to kind of rid, there was something called blue magic. And I believe it's propylene bromide relaxes the muscles and increases blood flow, cocaine. I was, I was kind of shocked when I heard this. DPO, EPO. Now, this one really kind of surprised me. Sildenafil citrate, a.k.a. Viagra, opening up the blood vessels, enriching muscles. Now, I was kind of shocked by that. Snake venom and snail venom, both of which I heard of as painkillers on horses. Now, this one was about the, the 10 cent winner, vodka. In 2005, a vet administered 75 times in one day at $15 a pop. The vet called it a pre-race adjustment on the bill using vodka at more prevalent at tracks with lower purses. They, they, they're not really affording the snake venom and snail venom, but vodka, it's out there and just about anything, and this is why the testing process keeps it a cleaner and safer game. Well, that being said, it is time to head out to our first break. We've had a recap. We've talked biggins. Got you a little story to get you thinking. It is time to head out to our first break, and we return. Winning Ponies is honored and pleased to have on our special guest of the week, the Flying Frenchman, Mr. Julian Le Peru. But you're only going to get it if you stay tuned here for more Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Welcome to Inside the Trenches, everyone, an interactive show that is sweeping across the nation here on Voice America Sports, simply with your host, 12-year pro football veteran, yes, of course, the voice of America, R. Cal Trula. We're bringing it to you. The day starts at noon, and so does Inside the Trenches, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, bringing you the ins and outs, letting you know what's going on in and around sports and also in and around your neck of the woods. So if you want to be on the show and you want to be a part of the show, simply go to InsideTheTrenches.com and let's make this thing happen for you the interactive show that is sweeping across the nation inside the trenches your show do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate you need to tune in to duffy's financial playbook every weekend andreas duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to be with us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. It is our second segment, and Winning Ponies is honored and pleased to have on as our special guest, winner of the Florida Derby and rider of many, many races. His resume is vast, long, and it's only just begun. Rider of Dialed In, Mr. Julian Lepru. Julian, are you there? Yes. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for taking time uh, out of your busy schedule. You're out of Keeneland today, and this Saturday we were chatting off uh, off air. You've got uh, there's only ten races, but you've got ten mounts on Saturday. Yes, busy day on Saturday, but uh, I'm glad about it. You know, it's good days to be busy, and uh, uh, I'm thankful for that. I, uh, you know, I wanted. To- with every rider, it's always important to have uh, have your. It's almost like uh, your better half in a lot of ways. You have an incredible agent, Mr. Steve Bass, who was a very nice rider in his own right. Uh, with that, uh, you you must have a, a great relationship with Mr. Bass. Yes, we've been together for about since the beginning, and uh, we have great success together. And uh, like you said, he's a good guy, so. Uh, everything, everything is good, and uh, hopefully we keep going. 
I hope it keeps going because it, it's an integral part of any successful team. I noticed that uh, a, a lot of riders of your caliber, they, they tend uh, they, they, as the old saying uh, goes, if, it, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And with Steve Bass, I, I definitely think that uh, things are really working well. You guys work very well as a team. Julian, uh, thanks again for joining us. This is your second time actually being with us. You grew up in France, uh, son of a jockey turned trainer, if I have that correct. Uh, was it working uh, with your father? The... Assistant trainer. I, I'm sorry? He was an assistant trainer. Assi- assistant trainer. But, yes. but trainer uh, and, and knowledge of the horse uh, uh, still in the same right. Was, was it your father that actually gave you your love of racing? Uh, you know, I think he gave me the passion, passion for it, you know, and uh, he loved his job, and I grew up around him, and, and uh, you know, since I'm a little kid, I just... Uh, Wanted to be a jockey, and it was just a dream for me. And uh, now it's a dream come true. So that's that's awesome. What tracks did uh, did he mainly uh, mainly uh, do uh, do a lot of his work near? Uh, I grew up around Chantilly, so it's about twenty five minutes north of uh, Paris. Hmm. I've seen pictures and uh, I've seen uh, actually races from there on on the internet. It, it looks just gorgeous and beautiful. It uh, it just must be just an incredible place to actually uh, to say that, that that you're a jockey to actually uh, that that's the birthplace of uh, the flying Frenchman. Uh, you know, uh, be, being so close to such a, a marvelous track. Uh, your career kicked off with another Frenchman. You know, working hard for Mr. Patrick Bian Cohn. What role did he play in your beginning of of your career? Well, he, he, the main role. I mean, I mean, uh, he trusts uh, he trusts me like a lot from the beginning. Uh, you know, he, he put a stable at Turfway Park when I stopped there, and uh, with twenty horses. And then when we got to Kinan, I was a uh, first jockey, first call, and I rode uh, every single horses. So. You know, it, it was a big help for me, and uh, and uh, I, I I could never forget forget that. He's a very colorful character, and when when his barn actually came over to the paddock, always to be respected. Especially when uh, I remember when you first started actually riding for him, it was always exciting, and uh, Mr. B and Cone uh, a lot of fun to watch uh, when when he uh, where, wherever he uh, actually uh, hung his tack. In, in 2006. You led all riders in the United States with 403 victories, I believe, and, and you won the Eclipse Award for Outstanding Apprentice Jockey. This pretty much, in my opinion, puts you on the national radar screen for, for the major outfits to get a good look at you. Is this, in your opinion, when your career began to lift off? Uh, you know, when I think when you get a Eclipse Award, the, the main thing is, uh, like you say, it puts you in a, in a nationwide, um, uh, everybody look at you, you know, but uh, the main thing is actually uh, the after, you know, you have to, to do good after and uh, uh, because people expect a lot from you when you win the Eclipse Award. And, uh, you know, the main thing is keep going and uh, try to keep winning, you know, that's the main part. And, in fact, you did, and it leads right into 2009. And now this puts you on the worldwide stage. The Breeders' Cup Day, uh, a career best to date. Uh, you were the second rider in history to ride three uh, Breeders' Cup uh, races, uh, races uh, winning races, uh, following Garrett Gomez. And in the same year, you win the Eclipse Award again for Outstanding Jockey in 2009. Uh, with the resume of this caliber, uh, 
Do you have any special goals on your list professionally that you you need to get done? Uh, I got a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, first of all, you know, uh, I haven't won the Derby or even for the Brioche Cup. You know, I haven't won uh, the Classic. Uh, well, I still have a lot of uh, big racing to to win, and uh, uh, no, I got a lot of goals. Uh, with uh, with coming through that tunnel on uh, the first Saturday in May, uh, I, I'd have to say that's probably uh, pretty high up there uh, on on your bucket list of things to get done first. Yes, it's definitely the one of the highest one, and um, yeah, it's just you know it's a different race. It's uh, it's just uh, amazing to ride it. So uh, everybody wants to win it, and uh, it's just prestige, you know. Oh, it's it's such a beautiful thing. The pageantry, the beauty, and even even the the novice fan is a race fan on that day. It, it's hard not to be, exactly. and especially being in Kentucky. No matter where you where you call home, Kentucky is is the home of the thoroughbred on that first Saturday of May. Dialed in wins the Florida Derby in exciting fashion. Can you describe to our listeners from about the three ace pole in what it was like for you in the best seat in the house? Well, you know, I mean, from the street pole, uh, that's when you start to to make a move, and uh, it's just very exciting because you you kind of see the the horses in front of you that backs up, and uh, you come to them very fast. And uh, uh, you know, when I got him around them and uh, start asking him, he just uh, flew home, and uh, it was very exciting. Yeah, Especially it was that incredible. Day, you know, it was a speed favorite track that day, so. To make up that much ground was uh, was pretty good. It was incredibly exciting the way you just flew down the outside, and the pace was uh, the pace was hot. And and as you said, uh, you know may, maybe not have been favoring the horses that came from out of the clouds, but uh, dialed in uh, in his brief career actually overcame so much and gave us a tidbit of what this incredible runner can actually do. For riding, you ride for so many wonderful people and, and great people in the game. Trainer Nick Zito can get a, a runner ready with the best of them, and he actually uh, ran third in the Derby with Icebox last year. As you both team up, uh, how exciting is it working with Nick Zito? Uh, it's really exciting. Uh, Nick always uh, gave me a chance uh, since the beginning of my career, too, you know. Uh, even when I was apprentice, and uh, he always gave me a good chance ride good horses and uh, I'm just very happy to, to be able to win uh, big races for him uh, especially like uh, the Florida Derby and uh, hopefully uh, we can do good you know, for the Kentucky Derby too Mr. Zito, quite a colorful character, and uh, uh, he, he speaks, I believe, directly from the heart, and, and he's always great when they, no matter where they interview him, and hopefully it's from the winner's circle. Uh, but, you know, with Dialed In, there's a unique and lucrative bonus at stake, and it's out there. You won the Holy Bull, the Florida Derby, and if you win the Preakness, I believe there's a $5.5 million bonus at stake. Uh, yes, he's, uh, he's the only horse to be eligible to to win it this year, so yeah, that'd be that'd be good, yeah. <laughs> Real exciting for the Colt and the Barn, yourself, and and all connections uh, included for Dowd in. So we'll all have our uh, fingers crossed for that one, Julian. For the many tracks you've ridden are all around the world. Uh, if I if I had to put your feet to the fire, could you name your favorite U.S. track and then your one favorite track abroad? Well, uh, I really love. Uh, mostly it's Kinlan and Saratoga. 
just just because it's uh, you know the people there you know uh, on on every day every day of the week you get people and uh, uh, enjoying the the racing and it's just racing fun you know so that's uh, that's pretty good for us. It, it really it feels good, especially at Keeneland. Actually, I was just there the other day, and I was I was watching you, watching you ride, and it, it was a beautiful day in in Central Kentucky. I don't know if you can ask for anything else, uh, you know, from Kentucky weather, which can be a little dicey at times. But yeah. riding in other countries, uh, do you have a favorite track uh, outside of the United States? Uh, well, I went to Hong Kong, Japan, and Dubai. Um, you know the the races are everywhere over there. It's actually very good. Uh, Dubai is the track. It's uh, it's just beautiful. You know, it's a new track and uh, big. Um, yeah, I would say maybe uh, Dubai. Dubai. It it is the jewel of the desert, and from all accounts that I've heard from chatting with many of the racing uh, secretaries that, that actually went over and, and the few that actually uh, have had horses over there that have, that have uh, competed. They, everyone's come back with such a glowing report, and they said this is actually just a, a jewel of the desert. And I would, uh, that would be on my bucket list to actually see that track someday. Hopefully I'll get a chance to make it. This Saturday, the Bluegrass Stakes, uh, you get a 3-1 to one favorite, Santiva, in a field of 12 for Eddie Keneally, who you do quite a bit of business with, and you guys uh, actually hold your own throughout the course of the year. What are your feelings on this Son of Giants Causeway with Santiva? Do you, do you like your chances this Saturday? Yes, yes, I, I like my chance. You know, uh, I never rode him in a, in a race, so I don't really know what really to expect. But uh, you know he ran good last year on the poly track, finished second. So we know he likes the track, and uh, we got a good post. And you know the horse right now is doing good, so hopefully we can get a good trip and um, and win it. I would love to see it actually happen. Santiva really caught my eye, and uh, and I noticed that uh, you hadn't been aboard for for any of any of the other trips. Uh, have have you been aboard in the morning and or uh, you know uh, just uh, in, in on the shed row or been working with Santiva? Uh, I only breathe him one time in uh, in Florida, uh, Palmeiros, and uh, no, he felt he felt good and. Uh, it's been good, so you know. Hopefully, we like I said, if we get a good trip, then uh, I hope you got uh, enough force in there to to win it. Yeah. Well, best of luck to you and Mr. Keneally in the Bluegrass Stakes. Uh, Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars up for grabs, and uh, and I definitely hope Santiva comes uh, comes ready. And uh, I know that you'll be ready, Mr. Keneally, be ready, and and mm-hmm. actually, uh, Son of Giants Causeway should take to the synthetic surface, hopefully. And I uh, hope you get the preferred trip you're looking for there. Julian, we finish up with our interview with the final four questions. They're just four real quick questions, and you shoot it uh, with a yes, no, or just a very brief answer. It's kind of like Jeopardy, the TV show, but with no money. Are you ready to, uh, for your final four questions? Okay. All right. Question number one, what hobbies do you dabble in when you're not riding? Uh, go cast. Really? Yes. Like that. Question two, if you could do anything else in the world other than riding, what would it be? Uh, race car driver. 
<laughs> Very exciting. Uh, you're trading in uh, one fast thing for a faster, yes. faster item. <laughs> Question three. Do you have any advice for a young and upcoming rider out there that may be listening? Uh, just walk, you know, just uh, keep walking hard and and uh, it pays off all the time. So the the old saying, the harder I work, the luckier I get? No, it's just, you know, uh, as long as you, you work hard, you know, and uh, then, I mean, if you do good or not, you know, you did all your, all your best anyway, so... Um, no, if you walk out, usually it pays off anyway. And we hope that uh, many other riders will will follow your words of wisdom there. Last question here. When they play my old Kentucky home and dialed in comes to the track on that first Saturday in May, what type of pace will you be hoping for? The pace? Yes. Uh, I hope for a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> and I think, I think we're going to get it, you know. Uh all the derbies usually goes pretty fast early, so um, if we get a 46, uh, we, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> 46 and change, and uh, I, I assume you'll be uh, maybe in the in the latter part of the pack, and it looks like there's a lot of speed this year, and hopefully you'll yes. get that uh, lightning quick. Uh, if it said 45 and change, it would even make your smile that much bigger. That uh, would be, yeah, it would be even better, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Suicidal fractions, and it would lay great yeah. for you. Julian, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for your time and wish you the best on the Derby Trail in the upcoming uh, 15 days away, and best of luck on, on Saturday in the Toyota Bluegrass and with all of your 10 mounts on the day. Good luck, my friend. Best of luck. Thank you. And have a safe ride. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Julian Lepreau joining us here. Hope you caught that. Very nice young man. Gentlemen, and got 10 mounts on Saturday at Keeneland. I hope that he eats his Wheaties and gets plenty of rest. With that in mind, we're going to jump out to another gentleman, and his name would be Dangerous Dan. Are you there, Danny boy? I'm here, Ed. And me, you call me a gentleman. That's got to be the kindest word you've ever said to me. Oh, I say plenty of kind words about you, but you know, speaking of a, of a gentleman, uh, what, what do you think about Julian? Well, it, he was great. I wanted to let you know something. When I turned the show on, the, and I, I missed the very beginning, but but uh, I, when I turned it on, I heard you talking about Ridlin. Yeah, and I was well, like, what the hell is that talking about? <laughs> it was actually drugs and uh, testable uh, testable objects out there, and uh, picked it up out of Can Gamble, a blog. And it talked about uh, different types of drugs, and uh, you, you would think that uh, Ritalin would be a, a drug that might slow a horse down, but actually it has an adverse effect, and it kind of speeds them up and acts as a stimulant. So it kind of caught my eye, and uh, take a look at Can Gamble. I think you'll be surprised at some of the drugs they test for. Yeah, it, it's time for a national policy, Ed. It, it, it's, it's, it's been time. We need to get that done. You know, Dan, as as a fan, other than just handicapping races, and I, I know that you you've been a, a lifelong fan. Uh, you know, that, that's something that was out of you know Julian's wheelhouse. That you know he doesn't police and or look for, but other countries, foreign countries, you know, they have a zero tolerance. You know, I mean, do you think we need to start? I mean, I know we can't change it overnight, but do we need to start evolving into that zero tolerance eventually in the United States? Well, here's the thing, and I've heard this from several trainers and trainers that I've never, ever heard of getting in any type of trouble. 
Um, it takes one guy to get into your barn to basically screw you over. A zero tolerance, I, I think what we need to do is police it better. Maybe, uh, you know, one time find heavily, you know, an investigation. Second time, you're done. I, I mean, that, that's the way I think we need to look at it. This, you know, the Dutro thing, I think he had like 74 infractions or something like that. You know, you know that, that to me is just, I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's you, just flat out ridiculous. And we're betting these horses. You know, and and he's doing. You know, he's got seventy four infractions. When I when one of his run, you know, I don't know know to bet it or not. And it just it, it just gives the game a black eye. And we don't need that right now, especially in Kentucky. You're a hundred is anywhere, anywhere, Danny. And you're right there when you say that. And you know, we want to lend to the legitimacy of the game. We want actually want it to be transparent, where people can actually trust and they know going in that we're policing it there. Already uh, uh, Kentucky Racing Regulators denied a license to the controversial trainer Richard Dutcher on Wednesday likely causing the scratches of two horses, which I believe he was able to have them entered in the stakes races at Keeneland. But this signals his career has begun to be imperiled by both present and past violations. His resume reads with a lot of trouble lines in the tan. Yeah, it does. And, you know, um um, it, 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 to me, it, it's just a black eye. I mean, if you can't, they need a level playing field. Uh, and, uh, you know, that way the little guy even, you know, the little guy who trains at River Downs and Turfway can go to Keeneland and feel like he's on a level playing field. Let's say he's got a, you know, a nice $30,000 claimer that he doesn't feel that, you know, that he feels like he can go there and compete. And, and you know when when the the juicing's going on, basically it, it it's not a level playing field. It's bad for the horse. It's bad for the sport, and it's bad for the people who bet them. So they need something needs to be done, and it's time we do it, and we need to do it soon. Sooner rather than later, Danny. Before we start handicapping, one more thing here, uh, and uh, I'm going to throw it out to you, but then I'm going to also update a few people that may not be aware of it. Uncle Mo, friend or foe, I'm going to ask you. You be thinking on that one. Uncle Mo's been has a GI infection, but still Derby bound, tiring third place finish as the one to ten favorite in the April 9th Wood Memorial. Uh, it has caused a lot of stirring in, in the game here about his disappointing performance but also concluding that Uncle Mo has a gastrointestinal tract infection. Trainer Todd Pletcher said Uncle Mo begun treatment and, and as of now will be still pointed towards the May 7th Kentucky Derby, and his status for the race depends on how quickly he'll recover from the infection. When I say friend or foe, Dan, do you think that Uncle Mo is actually going to run and we're going to see the real deal, or do you think they're going to put him on the shelf and that will be about it and we'll see him in the breeding shed? I think he'll run. Um, I think he's going to run. I think he's going to get beat. But uh, but I, I think he's going to run. Uh, I was on Facebook earlier talking to some uh, some Twin Spires friends of mine, and uh, I I mentioned you know what you know there's always seems to be an excuse you know I ain't saying that 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 the the infection didn't happen but you know what if he just did a bad training job with him. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think you ever see him say, well, and I like Fletcher, don't get me wrong, but I don't think you ever see Todd say, hey, I did a bad job with him. You know, blame me. No, there's always an infection. It's a cuppy track situation. There's always some kind of excuse. I think he's going to run in a derby. I don't think he's going to win, though, and, and which is good for me because I think he's going to take a lot of money. 
I, I do. I do as well. And in the wood, uh, Toby's Corner wins. Arthur's Tail, who ran second, now is off of the Derby Trail, missing with an injury uh, with a uh, splint in his left front leg. So, uh, you know, there's going to be some each each and every year. There's some that are dropping off of the uh, off of the pages. But uh, had to ask you about friend or foe. We covered some medication issues. Danny, we can wait no longer because it is time to buckle down and get busy because this is really one of the last big premier weekends and it focuses on Oakland and Keeneland and we're going to do some handicapping here. We're going to start with the eighth race at Oakland Park, the instant racing. It's $100,000, hence the power of slots, et cetera, VLTs, whatever you want to call them. The instant racing stakes is uh, actually uh, supplemented and uh, put together by their instant racing program, which is doing astronomical uh, amounts of money out there in, uh, in Hot Springs. But in the eighth race at Oakland, Dan, we're going to go a mile. The instant racing for Philly three-year-olds, one mile. You go first. Um, I, I look at May Day Rose here, and I don't think that they can beat her, Ed. Uh, three-year-old Philly by Rockport Harbor. Trained by Bob Everett, ridden by Martin Garcia. Uh, ran last in the San Anita Oaks. It shows fifth, but there was only five horses. If you throw that race out, the, I, I think she's the class of this field. I think she's going to go wire to wire. If a, a horse, if you may want to use with her, is Dixie City, uh, Anthony Dutro, uh, Ray, Raymond Dominguez. The joyful victory who won the honeybee just ran away with that race. This horse was third by 11. Um, joyful victory is not in here, obviously. Uh, I look for the, I think there's a two-horse race at Mayday Rose and Dixie City. I like the speed of your runner, Dan. Martin Garcia and Bob Everett, they're teaming up together. Last year they were winning 26% together, which is incredible. Ramon Dominguez aboard Dixie City for Anthony Dutro. Now, Anthony Dutro, brother of Dick Dutro, this guy's winning 24%, 35% on the year. And if you take a look at the Honeybee, it's a grade three race, Dan. That was the first time in 2011 that this three-year-old filly by Dixie Union actually showed her face. She's had six lifetime starts, three wins, and three-thirds. I'm, I'm going to flip side it up because I really like Dixie Union. A mile and a sixteenth, cutting back to a mile and dropping from grade three into a $100,000 stakes. Ramon Dominguez, in my opinion, is one of the best money riders. Hey, and take a look at that last work. Oakland Park, it's a bullet, 47-2. and two. That's incredible for four, for four panels. That is good. It, it Mayday Rose, if you want to take a look at that work, April 11th, 5-59 and 59 handily, best out of 52. I'm boxing them up. I, I think you uh, you pulled out the speed horse, and and I've got one there that uh, I'm I I think we got we got a nice exacta box that we both have sold each other. Ninth race at Oakland, Dan, one mile the Northern Spur, a hundred thousand dollars up for grabs. Three year olds here, and we got some real nice runners in here for you to be uh, picking away at. Yeah, um, I I like the old gen, uh Larry Jones, Gabriel. Saez, uh, mm-hmm. just came out of the rush away, was third by five, was five to one that day. Swift Warrior, who I just mentioned, uh, <clears throat> or I, I will mention later, uh, ran a big race in the rush away. Crimson China in the rush away ran second. We'll talk about that one in, when it comes to bluegrass time. Mm-hmm. This is a 3 0 Colt by the Daddy, and uh, the Daddy was a very good speed horse. This horse uh, ran not bad in his last start in the rush away. And I look for Larry Jones to uh, get in the winner's circle here. And the horse I like with him is right is Commander, trained by Larry Jones, ridden by Calvin Burrell. 
A horse coming out of a nine winner two lifetime win at Oakline, going a mile one thirty eight and one. Uh was boxed and lugged in but got there in time. Look for improvement from both these Larry Jones runners. I love Larry Jones at Oakline. He's winning twenty three percent of the time there. I like the last race. It was an allowance race. It was it was a condition allowance race. So allowance forty two two lifetime and commander really has caught my eye once again I, i'm i'm really impressed with the workouts march 15th 59 and 2 march 22nd 59 and 4 both bullets actually three bullets in a row but has run since that february 22nd and the march 15th but i think commander is just fit and ready son of broken val dan larry jones brings him ready and there was a great article on calvin burrell being the face of racing i think he's one of the most honest people out there, and and I and I definitely wouldn't want to tackle with him as we saw on Breeders' Cup Day, uh, as Mr. Castellano can attest. But actually, I, I respect your uh, your selection in there. I'd, I'd also throw in Albert Gotti, but I, I definitely like him. I, I definitely like Calvin Burrow and Commander. He's going to get my uh, get my top money on that one. Race eleven, Dan. That's a mile and an eighth. It's the Arkansas Derby Grade One, one million dollars. I love it there, and uh, it it always turns out to be a great race. Uh, grade one, a million bucks. What more could you ask for on on this day from Oakland Park, uh, Danny? Lead us on. Um, I'm gonna. I hate to do this because this is the type of horse I will. I don't think I will ever bet in the Derby, but this ain't the Derby. This is the Arkansas Derby. I, I got to go with the factor. Um, he made a believer out of me last time. It did seem that the speed was favoring that day big time. And uh, I remember after the second race, I said they ain't going to beat Baffert today, and that was Rebel Day. And I don't think they'll beat him tomorrow. I am going to use Elite Alex with him. I think his Louisiana Derby was a school. They took him back to the 12th, and I think they schooled him. And I think it may help him here. Calvin's on him again. He only lost by four lengths to Pants on Fire. With your girl, uh, Nate Frank, on, on, Rosie on him, Nipravnik, I believe. Rosie, my yeah, girl. Rosie. I love her. She's great. I know you love wonderful her. wonderful rider. Uh, she was a guest <laughs> a few weeks ago, if you weren't paying attention. I, rem- I, think, I, I think I remember that. <laughs> and and my, the horse I'll use for the try here, I like uh, Nero, trained by Steve Asmussen, run by Corey Nakatani, mm-hmm. and uh, ran second in Louisiana. He just missed by a neck. I mean, if you like pants on fire, you got to like this one. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going to go with the factor of Lee Alex and Nero. The factor it sounds too much like uh, what's that show on MTV where uh, Jersey Shore? It sounds too much that like uh, that for me. Actually, uh, you 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 got a real nice pick here. Baffert, Martin Garcia, they team up and they do really good business together. Three off the layoff. It's one of my favorite runs. And if you watch that last uh, victory, six and a quarter lengths was really incredible. And, and I think you touched on a really, really positive note there, Dan. This isn't the Kentucky Derby. So, you know what, I'm kind of leaning with the factor, and I'm going to use him also with Brethren. They've got blinkers on. I cannot explain the Tampa Bay Derby. I went back and watched it five times, and this is also third off, where Brethren came back and shot a bullet 59 flat at Paul Meadows. A little bit deeper down there, Dan, as, as uh, you, you've been a Florida man for many years and will be soon again. Three off for Brethren. And also underneath the factor, I'm going to use the Swayback Sway Away, who actually blow, broke his maiden at Pleasant and Fair. 
big time closer here, getting the uh, getting the blinkers on in uh, PVAL as a board. So I'm going to use the factor with the Money Man Dominguez and PVAL sway away. But I, I do agree with you, Danny. I, I think the factor. This isn't the Kentucky Derby, and and nothing to take away from a million dollar race. But I just think that the uh, the speed is just going to be so so tough to catch. I will say this, Ed. Sway sway away runs well on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He has the breeding to go a mile and a quarter. He will be on my Derby ticket. Oh, I agree. I, he he's a sway back, and Garrett Gomez says they can be a little uh, challenging to ride. But uh, you know, I, I'm not going to try to get in the nuances of being a rider by any way, shape, or form. And actually, I really really like sway away. But uh, I just think the fa- I think he's run into a bear with the factor on this day. And if all goes well, I, I think that he's just going to light him up. And and Garcia is just a daggone good rainsman. Then we're going to shift our tack, Danny. We're going to go to Lexington, Kentucky for Saturday. It's got 10 races. It's got the bluegrass and one heck of an undercard. Julian Peru, 10 mounts from 10 races, and he's got the favorite in all four stakes. We're going to start with race number six, five and a half on the turf, the grade three Shaker Town. Well, I'm going with Leperu's mount, Silver Timber. I, I went back and forth here between him and uh, Chamberlain Bridge. And the one thing that Silver Timber has going for him versus Chamberlain Bridge, he's three for three at Keeneland, and he's got eight wins at the distance and out of 19 starts. He likes the turf, this turf course. He's three for three there. He has beaten Chamberlain Bridge before. They've beaten each other. But I give the edge to uh, Silver Timber in this one, Ed. I'm going to single him. You know, I, I like him the same way, Dan. I, he runs very well fresh. If you take a look at the uh, when there's that line in the past performances there, it's 30 days or more, runs very well fresh. You know, went on the shelf on a, on a beautiful closing uh, five furlong turf dash down at Tampa, which I think has an incredible turf course. Silver Timber, to me, just looks like the horse for course. Three for three, as you touched on. Eight for 19 at the distance with wins. Dan, I, I, if you take a look at that last quarter, 20 and four, Leandro Gonzalez was flying, was a beaten favorite. He hasn't run. This eight-year-old gelding hasn't run in 56 days and failed as a favor, but I definitely like Silver Timber. Lay Peru is a 39% in-the-money turf rider. But, Dan, you know, when you touched on, uh, touched on Chamberlain Bridge, I think he really brings his A game when, when, the, uh, when, when the big races uh, you know, run on the big days. Breeders' Cup. I think I think you're going to see a great Derby undercard this year, and I see Chamberlain Bridge actually just saving it up, running a really good race. But I see Chamberlain Bridge showing up on Derby Day right back. Do you have any any feelings on that one? Well, I do know that Silver Timber won this race last year, mm-hmm. and the one thing, if you look at his Breeders' Cup turf sprint, two races back when Chamberlain Bridge beat him. Silver Timber bobbled at the start and steadied at the 16th pole and still only lost by two lengths. I, I did see that and with Lay Peru, and we had him on as our special guest. Uh, you know, I, I was even more in tune. Uh, he's writing for Chad Brown, who just did an incredible job in New York. I love so, Chad Brown. I do, too. And actually, he, was, he graced us. He was, he was on here as a guest and uh, Mr. Le Peru twice, so enjoyed it. So I was really in tune with it, but I, I five to two, Danny. I think if we get that, I think we should bet early and often. 
Race number seven at Keeneland is seven panels, the grade two Commonwealth for $175,000. I mean, this race, uh, it didn't have a million participants, but I'll tell you what, this compact field of five is pretty tough. Who do you end up with in the seventh at the Keeneland? I'm going with Wise Dan. How can I not go with that horse, Ed? Uh, well, four-year, yeah. Four-year-old gelding, Julian Leperu in the orange for Charles Lepresti. Horse uh, had a nice little run back in November. Horse usually runs well fresh. She, he did, uh, you know, kind of stumble in the Breeders' Cup sprint. Um, he lost by two lengths with Bayron on him, the big drama. But two lengths off a of big drama, there's nothing wrong with that. And you throw that race out, and this horse is, uh, is pretty much unbeatable. One for one in Keeneland. Hasn't raced in 142 days, so I'm going to call Wise Dan well-rested, a four-year-old gelded son of Wise Man's Ferry. Charlie Lepresti, you know, the, very few people, uh, you know, unless you're really looking at the uh, numbers, and you can also get them on uh, Winning Ponies, the detailed trainer-rider stats. Charlie Lepresti is a 29% winning trainer, 56% in the money. This guy is actually a, just a hidden bullet. Last meet at Keeneland, he set them on fire, but hasn't been reeling out the entire barn. He's very measured. It looks like they've got Churchill in mind running the Breeders' Cup sprint. Was uh, eight to one on that day. In uh, you know was beaten by big drama. But I like Wise Dan in there, and uh, also who kind of caught my eye was Aikenite. Uh, Aikenite really uh, right along the rail with uh, John Velasquez and Pletcher. You know what these guys team up to do. Second time off of uh, off of the layoff after the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, and came back and run a beautiful second. Uh, two for three at Keeneland. Uh, you going to use Aikenite uh, in that power exacto with Wise Dan? Yeah, that's pretty. It's a two horse race head. I, I I concur, and you know, it, it, with five horses, I don't think you know it's really worth to actually start digging in for a trifecta. Takes us on to race number eight, Danny, me boy, and that is a mile and a sixteenth turf event. The Grade Two Jenny Wiley for two hundred thousand dollars, mile and a sixteenth on the weeds, and you know I love grass racing. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you love grass. I was like, Ed, don't go there. <laughs> okay, well, well, there I turn myself in. They're going to have to drug test me now just like the horses. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I love C.S. Silk here, Ed. Are you going to get a price on Garrett Gomez for Dale Romans, five-year-old mare. Uh, two for two at Keeneland, six for eight at, at the distance. Um, this horse may be overlooked in the betting. I believe she's six to one morning line, and I think she's going to come rolling down the stretch. Nice price on this Dale Romans horse. Take a look at her. Romans always comes, uh, always prepared for the big days. With three minutes to go here, Dan, I'll be very brief here. I love Zagora. I see Julian having a big day once again for Chad Brown. And uh, I think the ground is going to have a little gift to it. They, they had four inches of rain, they said, in Lexington uh, just the other day when I was down there. They took two races off of the turf. I think the turf course is actually going to have a lot of give and cut to it, as the horsemen would say, backing him from mile and eighth to mile sixteenth. I'm a Julian fan all the time, and I'm especially this weekend with Zagora for Chad Brown. Danny, that takes us up to the ninth race, the featured event of really the weekend, the mile and eighth grade one Toyota Bluegrass, $750,000 up for grabs. I, I like the favorite here, Santiva. Been waiting for this horse to run. Uh, did have a race at Keeneland, one, one second place finish out of one start. Back in the Breeders' Futurity, lost to J.B. Thunder. Horse uh, I'm going to put with, with Sam Tiva is Crimson China. Look at Crimson China's last race. 
Uh, broke slow with six white gaining with a better break. This horse, this horse is going to be for real, Ed. Giants Causeway Persian Fair for uh, Grand Motion and Team Valor. You know, I, I love Santiva. I agree completely with you. Eddie Keneally and Leigh Peru, they're going to team up. A race that really lacks that, that definitive pace, I see Santiva can actually just stalk right off and do what, uh, whatever Leigh Peru wants to do. They're going to go a mile and an eighth. So that's not the first finish line. That is the second finish line. So plenty of run there. Giants Causeway's great on the poly track. Yeah, but Dan... I agree with you on uh, for the underling, and you're exactly there. Crimson China was actually slated to run in the Vinery uh, race at Turfway Park. The Vinery, jeez, uh, uh, Pete, I almost want to keep calling it the Lane's End, but the, the Vinery stakes at Turfway Park. Uh, Graham Motion actually wanted this cult by Giants Causeway to run in the the $500,000 race, but didn't have enough graded earnings, and actually had to switch with Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. They switched, and Animal they Kingdom won the, the Vinery. And, Animal Kingdom wins. But Crimson China is a deadaway closer. But there's another one in there I wanted to get your quick opinion on. Queen's Play Kitten on the outside, who's going to round out my try with Johnny Velasquez. I, I, I like the horse. Um, the thing is, is I think, I think this one's going to be a little short in price. And I, I just can't, can't really play, play this horse in this race. If I was going to take a shot with somebody, it'd probably be King Kanji, because that was my pick in the binary and got scratched out the morning of. So I would probably use King Kanji over the Queen's Plate Kitten. King Kanji is going to be the sentiment of favorite name for Kanji DeVito, uh, longtime director of communications for West Point Thoroughbreds, uh, passed away from from brittle bone disease, basically, uh, for the uh, breaking it down without uh, botching the name of of uh, what he passed away from. But a lot of sentimental uh, action here. There was a Turfway Park that day, and I think there will be on Bluegrass Day, especially being in the heart of Kentucky and Lexington. But I agree with you. I think Santiva, it's his uh, his race to lose. I see Lay Peru having just one spectacular day but with Crimson China, and I'm still going to throw in Queen's Plate Kitten because everything I've been hearing about, the Woodbine runners, especially on the synthetic surface, they transfer very well. Well, Danny, it looks like we've wrapped up some of the best races and some of the best preps, the final stops. There's going to be a couple of more in, in the next couple of weeks, but these are really the ones that really kind of draw us out and, and you know, we kind of agree on a lot of our a lot of our handicap, and I guess that means we've been handicapping uh, too long together. What do you think? That might be it. Ed. That might be it. <laughs> Dan, I'd like to thank you so much for your time, uh, your, your, uh, your 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 opinion. I'm not going to say your direction with uh, the medication, but but your opinion because it's always uh, it's always understood that. Uh, you know, it's it's a tough issue to really embrace there and with Uncle Mo. And, yes, you had to bring up Rosie again. She had two winners today, and I was very glad to see it. I'm very high on uh, this young lady. I think she's going to be quite a rider. But, Dan, thanks so much for tuning in, being with us, and especially handicapping and chewing it up and uh, breaking it down. You think we can uh, twist you up for the derby? Uh, we'll see what happens. Shouldn't be a problem, Ed. Hey, Ed, does Rosie know you're single? <laughs> She's engaged and everything's fine. Oh, I see. All right. I'll, all right. I'll, I won't go there then. Dan, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. This week is no different. Winning ponies would like to thank Mr. Julian LePru as our special guest. Dangerous Dan for handicapping the weekend preps and breaking it down for us, and especially you for tuning in. So until next week, we are 15 days and counting for Derby 137. 
Be sure to enjoy the races, and as always, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.